Welcome to Anything Goes, a podcast that everybody knows. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. Why don't you join me? I have two ghouls in my lair, names Nikki and Sarah. Okay, it's as far as I'm going to go. That's as far as I got. I don't know why I didn't expect you to do that. I should have just fucking saw that coming and I didn't see it coming in. (laughs) How that intro came about, because I was in the shower yesterday morning, and it, that song stuck in my hand, so I started singing that. I don't usually sing in the shower, I'll admit that, but... Liar. I don't! I bet you're, like, you full-on, like, lip-sync battles in the shower. Not in the shower. It's usually about way to work and everything, but, um... But then I was like, alright, I gotta think of my own song, so I started thinking of my own parody version of, uh, This is Halloween. Um, and if anybody who's not already turned it off at this point, hi, I'm <laughs> Timothy Rudy. Uh, welcome to Anything Goes. This is the review of A Nightmare Before Christmas, as you can tell from the title. And I am very lucky, because I'm joined with two very special guests today. Uh, one is returning guest for who's our first time back since It 2017. And, of course, if you listen to all the podcasts, that uh, that this person Dakota and I have done. Of course, we're talking about Nikki. It's Nikki Muggle. Yeah, <laughs> it's me, Amario. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a, another brand new guest to the show. The first time on the podcast. On any podcast. Right? I was going to say, is this your first podcast? Okay, and if you listen, and if anybody who's my listener who's watched a bunch of my movies that's been on YouTube and everything like that. There's one consistent actress through most of the work. And I'm very great I'm very thankful that she is here to be a part of this podcast. And I'm talking about my friend Sarah. Hi Sarah, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. <laughs> Sarah's so nervous, y'all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. So don't be nervous. It's gonna be fine. It's it's only gonna be as long as it's going to be and it, it can end. Oh my god, and your shoes too. Sarah's so adorable. Sarah's like decked out from head to toe in Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. I've, and I wish Literally, I, head to toe, her yeah, sneakers like, in Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, sneakers <laughs> and outfit, and you've done up in makeup and everything like that, so I feel like a bad host and I'm not wearing any. I, I don't own yeah, I know nothing. You're wearing Harry nothing. Potter. Like, Wrong you could have asked us. We could have brought something. Well, I didn't know you guys were going to get uh, showed up all decked out like you were. I, I, was, I had a Snuggie. I should have brought you my Snuggie. <laughs> there was a Snuggie opportunity here, guys. And, and I mean, you obviously, like, if anybody follows me on Instagram, you know that I'm willing to wear myself a onesie because you giant mind tricked me into wearing the, the onesie, too. I wore a onesie, too. Yeah. So did my sister. Yes. Yeah, Everybody's right. wearing onesies. That's fine. I have a Harry Potter onesie. It's a romper. So fucking cool. Best $28 I ever spent at Target. Just saying. The best twenty dollars you've ever spent at Target. At Target, yeah, I hate Target. How, how do you hate Target? <laughs> because I go in, I buy things I don't need, and I most of the time don't use. But anyway, me and Sarah had this uh, plan oh, to yeah. both be dressed up, either one as Jack, one as Sally, um, and then I kind of dropped the ball on that today because I couldn't find my outfit. Uh, but I did oh. wear my Nightmare for Christmas dress and earrings, and I brought my Sally bag, so I'm right there with Sarah. Not as nice. But I am just. I was wearing a different T-shirt before. I was wearing the Bill the Butcher from Gangs New York. But I'm like, no, that's, I got to wear yeah. something a little bit themed towards the podcast we've done before. So I put on a Harry Potter shirt. Yeah. So I mean, I respect it. Mickey Muggle for life. But. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, let's enough babbling on. Let's jump into our review of Nightmare Before Christmas as we kick off our holiday season 2017 right now. <laughs>
So, Sarah, since you are the newcomer to the show, and I'm going to put you in the hot seat right away. Don't worry. It'll be real easy. So when was your first experience with A Nightmare Before Christmas? I was born as Sally, so since I was born. <laughs> even no, though, no, even no. though I'm older than the movie. Oh, but, say, you know, I'm like, I'm like, for a few years. I'm going to say, like, wait a second. I'm, I'm trying to do the math. Not that many years, though. No. You're no. 91, right? I'm 91. She's 93. 93, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so you're two years older. I mean, so, like, you, you did not develop Sorry, a person. But it took, now. like, years for the movie to be made, so I knew from the womb that it was being made. She process. could feel it. I could feel it. Straight up Halloween through the umbilical cord. Now I'm just, I'm just gonna visualize that. I'm like, You're oh, <laughs> I'm just gonna wake up with nightmares now. Just for the fetus, just like with Halloween. Was it images. a nightmare before Christmas? <laughs> you handed me that. You literally were like, Nikki, please make this joke. Straight up umbilical cord. <laughs> I'm like, alright, so I'll say something, because now she's chuckling and Tim choking on water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, uh, as you can tell uh, uh, everybody listening, that uh, my guests have tried to kill me at least once. That is one attempt that we have recording right now. So, he lies. <laughs> Round one. Yeah. Stay over there, man. You guys are dangerous. Alright, so, so you were born to be Sally? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Okay, when was the first time you actually viewed the movie? No, I think I was I think I was probably about five or six when and, I first saw it. And you see it like with your family or like I was just saying, like because like there's always if you could remember anyway, there's usually a movie that's important to you, you kind of everything around that day usually can kind of get cemented in your mind. Like the first time like you like the first time you ever went to the movie theaters or the first time you saw like was of Oz a Toy Story or anything like that? Was there anything about that day you remember specifically, or was just that was just the highlight of when you first saw it? No, it's probably just I know I was probably about five or six. I don't really really remember the very first time mm-hmm. I saw it. I just knew as soon as I saw it that I was obsessed with it. Okay, and, and I think it's because I've seen it so many times that it, yeah, I just I just don't know when when it actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> No, okay. I feel the exact same way because I was telling Sarah right before this started. I was like, I know Tim's gonna ask this question because you always ask this question, and I. I what really, are you saying? I'm predictable. Um, I'm not gonna answer that. But whoa! So, <laughs> but just I was like really racking my brain, and I was like, I think oh, I had to. I was later. Uh, I think I was like probably around 11 when I saw it, and I think I saw it for the first time with my friend Cheryl. But I, I really, honest to God, could not tell you. Because of the same reason, I've just seen it so many times now that it, it's just ingrained in my childhood. So. I remember when I saw it in 3D though for the first time when well, it came out in theaters. Yeah, like, like when they re-released awesome. it. In yeah. 3D. Nice, nice. What what was the first year they actually did it? Because they've done that multiple times, I was right? In the mo- Ooh, where was I? I? Was at Island 16. Were you so working at that point? I then? was. Okay. So it probably it had to be around 2007, 2008. Let's find out. Fact checking. Yeah, since is not here to fact check, you do that for us. And okay, so gotcha. I, I guess I'll jump into when I first saw it. A lot of my childhood movies, when I first saw them, it usually has to relate to the fact that um, that my sisters were into something and I became into something. Like, 
Uh, is the reason why like a lot of '90s music and a lot of uh, '90s artists I'm a fan of, like I'm a big Backstreet Boys fan, because my sisters were big Backstreet Boys fans or Spice Girls fans, and it's, we had we watched a lot of the same movies when we were kids, so that's why we all like the Disney movies. That's why I love Drop Dead Fred, and this is another oh one gosh. of them. Love that movie. Drop Dead Fred is awesome. <laughs> no, but like a lot of people don't know about it. <laughs> it's it's, like... it's mean spirited, but it is so <laughs> awesome. I mean, I, I like I like this contemplating maybe next year for Halloween I may go as Drop Dead Fred or I may actually go as Jack Skeleton but I'll like I'll do it as like a body uh, um, um, builder version be Jack Skeleton and I'd just be really buff about it like ripped shirt and everything like that because I could be ridiculous like that you could I could see it oh okay so I I lied it was the year before I started at the movie theater you liar 2006 so it was right before I started in 2007. But I did see it at Island 16, so mm-hmm. I know that it, that's why I thought I was working there. You're welcome. Go back to Jack Skeleton. Just, just, just yeah. Jack Skeleton. Just like, uh, uh, like, hopefully I'll have abs by then. I'll just be like, all right, there we go. We'll have put the head on and everything. Um, have that cake. Jack Skeleton. <laughs> um, and so this, this is one moment as just a kid that a lot of, especially – being a fan of Tim Burton movies when I was a lot younger, this just kind of fell in like, oh, he did the Batman and Edward Scissorhands. He did this. Technically, he didn't do this. He just produced it and and, and created the whole story. Yeah, but and, yeah. and but it was Henry Selick who actually did the directing of it and overseeing. It, who also go on to do Coraline mm-hmm. and as well as work for. And I, well, I forget the name of the production company. It does like a lot of these stop motions. Linka. Linka. I'm, I'm like, that's too... Like, like, I got you. Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> so is the studio Ghibli came to mind? I'm like, no, it's Miyazaki. Why is that yeah. animation studio coming to mind? Not sure why. My ADD is firing off in all weird places right now. And so I'm, I must have been maybe four or five years old when I first saw this and was immediately enraptured by it. But I kind of, I'll guess get into later my journey with this movie and how it led to today. But let's jump into the actual breakdown of the movie itself. I love how it opens up with the doors to all the holidays inside the woods. Now, my question is, I presume, say, you are the Easter Bunny, you will not see a door from Easter Bunny leaving, but only if you come back, you will see a door to the Easter Bunny's world? Oh, like you're saying, like, if you're Because, like, if Jack out, walks in, he doesn't... Not... Yeah, Jack walks... Later, he walks into that woods, he does not see a pumpkin yeah. one initially. Hmm. But I assume when he comes back from... He must have been able to walk back into that world. Yeah, if he must have like left yeah. Santa Claus's world and everything. That's like I the didn't one even weird question. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but of course, the opening song like this is Halloween, and watching it this time because I kind of had a little bit. I had a little bit of a, a late like le- weekend leading up to Halloween. I didn't get to really celebrate Halloween, so just watching this movie and seeing that opening scene kind of made up for it. So I was really happy about that. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how you feel. I guess, like, when you first saw it, I guess with the song, like, did you immediately gravitate to this song, or is there other songs that you gravitated to initially? Uh, well, I love just the opening poem. Yeah, like, I think that sets you up so well for the opening song. And um, I had been listening to a podcast where the, one of the guys had just watched Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time, and he's like, "I don't find the songs that catchy." And then I'm like, I don't understand how you can't find, like, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. It's so catchy. It's so gravitating. And I think because it's scary, but in a unassuming way. like It's playfully uh, scary. Yeah, like when the spiders, like, under your, you know, fingers like snakes and spiders, spiders in my hair. Bed. Like, uh, that, it, that should be frightening. But because it's done in musical tone, it's so much more 
accessible, which is why I think it works as a kid's movie. Um, that was, I think, a lot with Paranorman, which was uh, Lanka's second stop-motion release. A lot of kids, that it was too scary. It was too much. Whereas, I think this one, just enough scary, just enough cute, that even though it's a, you know, it's a darker kid's movie, it is still a big hit with little kids. I mean, it is, like, still playfully scary and still really entertaining, unless you're, like, really afraid of spiders, which I finally found out somebody who's terrified of spiders right there. <laughs> Do you care to comment? Nope. <laughs> Alright, then we'll just move on. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant about the spiders. Yeah. I was talking about that like... song, but I don't want to talk about spiders. That's funny. It was funny. He's like, once I heard that, I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to bring well, that up on the show. But it is actually kind of funny that you're afraid of spiders and then I'm afraid of snakes. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that that one particular monster incorporates both of our right. fears in, in one go. Um, I wasn't well, I playing just... a bad prank on you guys tonight, but I just Oh, you, uh, you wouldn't have gonna... been doing any more podcasts because you would have been dead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Long, I second sorry on that. Dead. And then we would but like, I would go out with a we, smile on my face. You know, it I doesn't think, matter. I, I would smile as I stabbed you and killed you and chopped you up. So, And the best thing is, if you know Sarah, she's like the tiniest little adorable thing ever, but she's scary as fuck. <laughs> so she means every word that she just said, and I'm going to back her up on that. If you bring snakes out. And I'll have a smile on my face, too. Yeah. I, I, wa- I did I actually did pull, like, on the last Harry Potter podcast, we did the last commentary. I was going to, like, got, get you, you and Dakota gifts, and I was going to have try to have a spring-loaded snake in a box. Yeah, that's how you end friendships. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I ran past Dakota. He's like, you think I should do this? He's like, probably no. not. And I'm yeah. like, mm. Thank God Dakota is the voice of reason sometimes. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't always have those moments, but thank the Lord Jesus. Um, so he's anyway, hit. Sarah, the, your thoughts on the opening song? Yeah, this is I, Halloween. I actually just wanted to say that um, Marilyn Manson's version. Yeah, oh, that's so awesome. Like, I actually think I like Marilyn Manson's version more than the movie. Just after hearing it and growing as I got older. Yeah, and with my dad, actually, he was a, he's a huge Marilyn Manson fan, which I think we're going to see him February fifteenth. So I'm excited oh, about I, that. Brianna but. wants to go is Paramount. Yeah. Again? yeah, yeah. He because he had to cancel his uh, other show because right. of the the city the accident in the city. Yeah. So um, yeah. That no, I agree. I had the whole. Uh, I think they released it right around the time that they did the uh, 3D version in theaters. It was right. All covers of, and I was going to bring it up later say, like, when he, we get to was... Sally's song. Like Fiona Apple does it, and it's like one of the most like chilling mm-hmm. songs. Panic at the Disco does. Uh, this is Halloween too. Uh, Fall Out Boy does What's This. So, like, there's some really cool names, and I, I think it just lends itself more to my love of, of both the actual musical material and the movie itself. Right. And so we have Jack's introduction as a scarecrow that's set ablaze and eventually has his big triumphant moment coming out of the fountain and everything. Um, I always wonder, like, okay, is their entire year built up to this one musical number? Uh, well, literally, I mean... Yes, because you look at the mayor who the very next day is like, Jack, we have to plan Halloween. <laughs> like, this is all they know. Like, that is why Christmas is so crazy because all they ever have thought about, all they ever care about is Halloween. Um, and that's why, like, I think why I like Jack Skeleton so much as a character is because he has everything. Like, there's no reason this man should not be happy. He's literally the most popular person. He is 
the top celebrity in this town. They freak the fuck out when he goes missing for one day. Like, I'm pretty sure if I didn't answer either one of your text messages for one day, you'd be like, Nikki's busy, she's fine, like, no big deal. Like, you would not be like, alert the presses, like, drain the lake, you know, like, nobody. I hope if I don't text you yet, like, somebody, <laughs> you know what I mean? somebody will react like that for me, but. But, uh, like, he literally is, he is a superstar, he's the king of screams, like, he's literally the pumpkin king, and they idolize him, and he's still not happy, and I think that is such a human thing. That people don't realize you get so wrapped up in your day-to-day that you don't realize that you really already have everything you need to be happy. Um, but there's always that search for the more, quote-unquote, air quotes, whatever you want to call them. Life. <laughs> <laughs> I like, hey, like, finds a way? Yes, Jeff Goldblum? All right, I'll go right there. Um, I always thought, like, watching it this time, like, how funny it would be, like, they're going through this ceremony, that fire stunt goes wrong. Oh they, they set Jack like ablaze. Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire. Yeah. And they kill, they kill Jack like, oh. Like, they didn't kill Michael. That was someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, his doctor killed him. That's what I said. It, was, it wasn't the hair stunt. So don't blame the poor people. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> the pyrotechnic on that one probably already feels bad enough if he's still alive. I'm yeah. sure he probably is. I'm not looking that up. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I love when he's leaving. He's kind of like, and he's leaving. And they, the mayor is giving out awards, and so the first place award for most blood drained in a single evening goes to the vampires. And I'm like, who the fuck else is going to have yeah. the more blood drained? In the, in the, the, maybe the, the werewolf. Maybe, or like maybe like the creature from the Black Lagoon is like that's yeah. the draining people somehow. It's probably I, the exact same thing every, every year, like Groundhog Day, but every year. And he's leaving. He's walking out of town, and he passes the band and i love this moment where he tosses the coin up and the obviously there's a stop motion thing so we had to animate a coin going in air 24 frames per second that's like two seconds yeah. in the air and then doing that i have no idea how the hell they did no, that it's ex- exquisite like stop motion and that's why i'm so glad this movie is as popular as it is because i think the art form would have fallen by the wayside i think there's a lot of kids today that would not have known anything about stop motion and it's just it's it's gorgeous you think about how every move those puppets make, somebody was controlling. And, like, yeah, like, you'll have the ghosts and things like that that look a little cheesy, but it's overall so exquisite. And I think pretty seamless. There's only, like, one or two moments that I was, like, well, I was a little choppy, and then I'm like, hello, it's a puppet. It's not a person walking up. You know what I mean? And if when I was a kid, I didn't realize it was stop motion. I'm like, oh, this is just, like, oh, I... Yeah, maybe it took like, me a while too. I didn't was know like, what maybe it's just hand drawn, hand drawn animation in a three dimension or anything. But yeah. when I found out that oh, it's stop motion, it took them three, nearly three years to make, and they had three hundred different heads for Jack Skeleton. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, because of all the expressions and all the articulation of it. I'm like, okay, that's amazing. But also, I I did I did pop up animation once, kind of like how the Monty Python like cart, like Flying Circus used to do. I did that for a college project. Well, we were told to anyway. And this is one of the reasons why, as much as I love seeing movies on film and film preservation, it's why, like, uh, if I have a choice, maybe if I have a time and the money, I will shoot film. If I don't, I will not. I will shoot digital because several hours, my group and I doing this animation on Super 8 film came out all underexposed and we had to do it again. Oh, man. And so I was like, I was livid at that point. I'm like, no, no. And I, I became like such a very angry person towards them like no burn it all digital all the way i, I became very irate for like a good two weeks after that 
And eventually I just kind of calmed down, like, all right, Tim, just relax and everything. It's going to be okay. Tim, breathe. Yeah. And that wasn't the first time film had we had a malfunction in that class and I had to shoot digital again and my shit looked better anyway, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Um, And so we're introduced to Sally, who's kind of like following Jack. And when we introduced her, that she's thinking that like, oh, she's just a person of the town and... But then we feel as the show, she has kind of a longing feeling towards Jack. And how do you feel about, like, Sally try- being so distant from – not nervous to talk to Jack and express her feelings towards him? You want, you want to take that one? No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so, well, quick side note. Can we just talk about how pervy Doco – Doctor oh Frankenstein is—he yes. created this woman, yeah, which to I wonder live what, and serve for him. Yeah, what was the just for a servant? Well, and here's my whole thing—he's literally the perverted side of Doctor Frankenstein. Like he is Victor Frankenstein. If Victor Frankenstein created Frankenstein's monster as a woman, like it literally is so gross that he created this woman, and he was just like. I'm just going to make a lady to live in a, and if she doesn't listen to me, I'm going to just lock her away. And like that, that just screws me out. So I think that also plays a huge part in Sally's interaction with Jack, because I think most of it's done under observation of Finkelstein before this. Like I, this is what I'm imagining what happened before our frame of mind in the movie. Um, because everybody in the town knows Sally. So she's not this dirty little secret, but rejects are in that uh cover album but so i think especially here's the superstar so it literally like me and sarah both love johnny depp like you're probably a little bit more ballsy than me but if johnny <laughs> depp like walked into hopton i know i'd be like gabe you gotta help johnny i can't talk to him yet i'm not ready so i understand why she's kind of like oh like here's the rock star of halloween town and like I'm afraid to talk to him, but I think she's, she sees the lonely in him, and she knows the lonely that she's very self-aware, like, very self-aware. Um, and they, they paint her out to be so fragile, and she's really not. And so I think she recognizes that her lonely and his lonely, that's what each other needs. Um, and that's why, I think that's why she's so reserved and doesn't want to talk to him. And can I just say that whenever... We're taken to the graveyard, and she sees Jax walking in. Just rewatch when she crawls behind the um, gravestone. Like, it's really creepy. It reminds me of spiders, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's just watching, she and I was like, <laughs> it was like she, it's like she has a spider right moment near the end, <laughs> too. Yeah, he has a spidery moment. And it's funny, because she's the one that one of the stop-motion ones that this time I always thought was just, like, careless placement. But then I realized it's because after she jumped out of the tower and she had to sew herself back together, that's why she got up so choppy because she just sewed her leg yeah. back on. <laughs> and I'm over here like, somebody don't messed up, you know? <laughs> like, I'm like, what an asshole. She just sewed her fucking leg back on. Let's I sew your leg back on and yeah. see how you get around. I literally just realized that like a few hours ago when I rewatched it. And I was like, you're an idiot. But I think that's also, uh, you know how your favorite songs when when you're in the car and you're singing along, you don't always know all the words because you love them so much. You're so hyped. But that song you hate, you know, every word to because you're sitting there like one of those goddamn songs would be over. <laughs> so I think it's the same thing. I, I never really truly tried to analyze the movie more because I loved it so much. I didn't want to dig deeper. I, was, I took it at surface value because I liked what was on the surface. 
And so Jack gets to the graveyard and he jumps and he starts to sing the song uh, Jack's Lament. And the singing voice of Jack Skeleton was provided by Danny Elfman, who did the score of it. And he's obviously been singing before in his band, Uncle Boingo, before he became a composer. Dead Man's Party is such a good song. <laughs> um, and so I'm not going to bury the lead here, but Jack's Lament is my favorite song in, in the movie. And there's always one part of the song that oh, I always love. And so I'm going to embarrass myself by singing it right now. So I'm ready. I'm so ready. Please do it. <laughs> I'll sing later. Just so no, it's no, no. Like I'm like I totally. Like I'll very, sing for my favorite song too. No, exactly. I told like a very personal story last podcast. I'm like, this is gonna make you even more nervous. I'm like, oh god, because I I don't think I can sing that well. So, <clears throat> Yolo. <laughs> oh, somewhere deep inside these bones, an emptiness began to grow there's something out there far from my home a longing that i've never known brother never again (laughs) (laughs) oh like first the cotton said he golf flap and then the never again wow like i feel like if we just sat here staring at you it would have been way worse sir you you can zap you gleefully right now i'm not gonna struggle right now okay i'm happy but that's not that's not fun for me uh... <laughs> <laughs> i'll throw my arms in the air like i just like don't like a care. wacky inflatable arm man that's what you just look like i just don't you know you ever tried to try to strap a wacky inflatable arm the guy he struggles pretty hard just saying what? Nothing. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I never got into an altercation with a okay. Mikey Playboy arm guy at a anyway, used car dealership. And so, obviously, you could argue this is probably the most iconic scene from the movie. Yeah. Just from visuals alone. Because, obviously, the book, the cover of the movie yeah, is the based hill, on yeah. the hill and everything. Any fan art you usually see, nine times out of ten, it's based upon this scene. Um... So I, I just think it's a really wonderful moment, and obviously we're introduced to Zero, which I still I I wish I could watch the special features before we got to uh, do this podcast. I wonder how how the hell they animated Zero, a translucent character, in stop motion, unless he's actually a CG character. On I think top. he's all CG. Okay. I mean that's what I was under the impression of. Zero was a hundred percent CG. Okay. Uh, and then what also is kind of cool is uh, the fan. Th- obviously, this came much later, but the fan theory, like, Vincent, Frank, and Weenie, like, that they all tie in, uh, so you have, like, Corpse Bride, mm-hmm. that Jack Skeleton and Zero are essentially, it's yes, the living all... to the afterworld. Right. Dead. And I was like, I don't know if that really works, but it is a kind of cool thought to yeah. think of, so. Um, full disclosure, never seen the Corpse Bride. What? Yeah. Get out. But I live here. <laughs> you have to get out of your own house. I was just like, Dad comes home like, why are you sitting on the street? I was told to get out. <laughs> Mr. Rudy would be like, the fuck is happening? Um, uh, well, that's, I, um, I dressed as the Corpse Bride for my Sweet 16, which you were in attendance I for. was just about to bring up your Sweet 16, Yeah, actually. my Nightmare Before Christmas-themed Sweet Aww. 16, because my birthday's December, so it legitimately is a Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, but 
I dressed as Corpse Bride, and then me and Brianna danced to Remains of the Day from Corpse Bride. But yeah, I was trying so hard to find the picture of me and you, uh, which would have been totally embarrassing, because you would have been 15, I, I obviously would have been turning 16, um, and it is not a flattering picture of the two of us for my sweet 16, but yeah, that's... But did you did you find it, though? Oh, uh, no, I didn't find it. God damn it, lady! I, I mean, I'll try and find it, for that way when you release this, I can post it in the comments, but... Yeah. I know, because I remember... Your mom dressed up as the mayor, right? So my mom was the mayor. Uh, my cousin was, was Oogie Boogie. Uh, my mom did Santa. Uh, who did I make my sister dress up as? I know I made her dress up as some. Oh, she was Sally. Hello. Um, then somebody else was Jack. I think it was one of my friends because I think he had the mask. And then my little cousin was, um, oh, my God. I don't know. Like, what is he called? The little fat, like, pudgy zombie. Oh, and that's like, yeah. there goes Christmas. And it's like the saddest line <laughs> in the whole movie. I think so, he's, I think his title is just Corpse Child. Yeah, right? Like, he, yeah. I thought he was like, the. it's not the mummy's baby because that's his friend. That's the mummy's yeah. kid. So I don't know. He's just a little roly-poly dead thing, and it's adorable. Um, but yeah, so my family was like super chill about that. Like everybody was down for dressing up. Um, those were very expensive costumes that I don't think we have anymore. I think they got ruined, which is sad. But because we because yeah. that was actually at, that was by Lake Ron Connor. Yeah, it was. That's where we filmed uh, Catcall. Yes, that's that was true. exactly. Which is kind of fun when you think about. it. I mean, I guess that's a good thing about growing up and and then working in that area. That's true. I look at Sarah and she's like, yeah, thanks for reminding me that I'm not in fucking Texas. I'm like, sorry. I'm sure there's plenty of special places for you in Texas that we've never been to, so. We're going to come and visit all your old haunts, Sarah. That'd be fun, actually. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, actually, was we like, should do that. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't just be like sarcastic, but like, that's, that's actually like a lot of fun. I'm literally in my head, I'm like, when can we go to Texas? <laughs> yeah. Sounds fun. Um. And so this probably leads to some of my favorite jokes of the, of the movie. It's when it's the following morning. The mayor goes to Jack's house. And it's my favorite joke, too. <laughs> Jack, you home. And the he- the mayor's head immediately turns around and goes into freak-out mode. Um, and he's like, Jack, you got to help me. I'm only a politician. I can't make decisions I'm by myself. I'm only an elective official. official. I can't make decisions by myself. Jack. <laughs> help me. Ah, and he falls down the, the barrels down the, the flight of stairs. And he lands, he smashes into the gate. The band that's outside Jack's house is still there. He's like, he's not home. Where is he? He hasn't been home all night. Oh. That's what I mean. Like, they literally are freaking out. And he has only been gone for a night. Like, he just had the best night of his year, arguably. And so, like, what if he's just out celebrating, you know? But I wonder if... I don't know what the time period would be considered for whenever this was made. So, like, maybe back in the day, that's how things were before technology became a thing. Oh, it's like so, you can't find him. Because yeah, because if, like, yeah. if you think about it before we had cell phones, any type of, like, thing, if somebody didn't show up home one night, people would freak yeah, out. But also, I don't, like, how many people have people sitting outside of their house that they would know that they hadn't shown up for a night? You That's know true. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it is a little creepy that the band just chills in front of his house. And he's, like, so cool with it, too. I mean, like, I, I, quarter, I presume you know? they probably show up at one sometime in the night so he, they don't wake him or anything like that. Because I, I don't think he would stand for that shit uh, if they were playing in the middle well, of the I night. Well, I mean, it, is, it does look like it's a far enough, like, walk and yeah. stuff. But, like... Maybe they're his entourage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Personal theme music. <laughs> I'm just thinking that, like, if you were, like, say, the movie The Village and you're back in colonial times, somebody doesn't show disappears one night doesn't show up you probably yeah. would think like oh this person's right dead. so that's yeah. what i'm saying like maybe i don't know what their time frame was whenever 
they were creating yeah, how it. So time how time would work in a in a place like because even the nineties, right. it would still be kind of weird. But like if it was way back, then it wouldn't be as weird. Way back, way back. So. Actually, you know what? That is actually still fair. Now I'm thinking about because my friend had this happen with her boyfriend the other day. She like couldn't get a hold of him. Nobody had heard from him since the night before, so it was going on of like twelve hours, and she was like freaking out. But I, to me, it seemed like the mayor was there at, like, the crack of dawn. Right. And so that's why I was just, it just seemed a little extreme that they were like, oh, my God. Maybe, yeah, maybe the mayor already. is in love with him. I think he is. But just because he, so the mayor is the mayor, but Jack is the king. Like, they all take their orders from Jack. Like, nobody questions, oh, Jack wants us all to do these special assignments. We're in. Nobody's like... Go fuck yourself, Jack. Except for Oogie, who obviously did not partake. But, like, so I, like, Jack reigns supreme over Halloween. Did that rhyme? Because it kind of sounded. Jack reigns supreme over Halloween. Yeah, it was. It has some, like, thank you. Oh, hit me with the cough clap. Oh, it's not, oh, it's, it's, oh. Not, oh, yeah, it's, it's not nice. Isn't it? <laughs> I know my singing was bad, but it wasn't, like, I didn't uh, say it was bad. I just want to say what my dad says, and he's like, who sings that? Yeah, well, let's keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it that way. It's <laughs> <laughs> my dad. I think it's just a dad thing to say that. It's just a dad thing to say My dad has never said that to me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> We're going to call him and tell him to say <laughs> it. <laughs> no. That, you see, that's what happens when you and I would go down to Texas. One of us would start singing something, and that would prompt your dad Oh, to... yeah, maybe your dad would say it to us, and then, then it will just... Come full circle. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, well, <laughs> uh, well, Dicky, I think our time's done. I think we should go now. I mean, pack <laughs> up shop. Exactly. And so Jack is so determined just to keep on walking. He's falling asleep while walking and ends up in this kind of um, clearing that has all these uh, trees with the different holidays represented on doors. And of course, he's gravitated to the Christmas door. And I love the fact that, like, the camera's, like, really close to the door handle. You get to see Jack in the reflection of it. And I'm like, how the hell did they even do that? Know, just so talented. I presume, like, the door handle is probably, like, the size of, like, three feet in order to get that shot perfectly yeah. like that. Uh, and they had a giant Jack for that moment. Opens the door. Nothing happens. He gets dragged in by uh, the wind. Flurries. And, of course, it enters into, what's this? What's this? Song. And I sing that song all the time. Like, it'll just get stuck in my head. So I'll be like, what's this? And I'm like, so I have a funny memory with that. Actually, with my sister, What's we that? were singing. We were singing the song, and um, we were on our way to San Antonio. And as right as soon as we started singing it, a bird craps in the car. <laughs> so it literally was like a white thing, and <laughs> we just died for ten minutes. Like we could not stop. I was like, our song is coming true. What's the? Be careful. <laughs> And that's why Sarah's not allowed to sing uh, "Raining Blood" wherever she goes now. I mean, because it's just it's just a bad time all around. Yeah, she is not Sarah Muggle. All right, this is going to make a list of songs not to play around you now. I mean, just like "Rain of Fire." Yeah, "Rain of Fire." I'm just like like all my heavy metal stuff. Like, all right, no longer playing that around you. Um, Just like it's going to be thousands of people gone. Like, well, uh, never mind. And so. We're introduced to Christmas Town, and I do sing the song whenever I'm or whenever I'm kind of introduced to something new. 
I will do that. Just like, what's this? What's this? Even if I'm like, somebody's trying to teach me something like that, that's going on in the back of my head. And I'm usually smirking and they're like, oh, you, you're getting this. And I'm like, nope, not at all. I'm so confused, but I'm singing along. So I'm trying to look, I'm trying to look somewhat professional. Um, and I love the moment where he breaks into a person's house and watches them sleep at one point. I know. And like how uh, cherub and happy everything in Christmas time is. And then like when he comes in, you get that element of a fright. Oh, yeah, because like, when the kid, like, wakes up, he's startled because yeah. he was touching his head. Inside their dreamland. <gasps> <laughs> but I guess for Jack, because since they're all, like, monsters and stuff, that that's normal to do? I think, yeah, he's just so used to scaring kids, like, being, a, and, like, even later when he goes as Santa Claus and he's in the houses and stuff, I, he has no awareness that he is a skeleton like, they, they're all, he's so used to just monsters all around him, so he doesn't get, like, these are cute little elf children, and they don't, they, they don't know what a skeleton is, because they're used to, their king, their ruler, is a fat, jolly old dude, you know? So. Um. I- Sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I was trying to avoid that. Um. Yeah, I do, every now and then, whenever it snows here, I will pick up a handful of snow and take a bite out of it, kind of like how Jack does and everything, because I'm just like, because of course I'm like, oh, what's this? And I'm, then I'll usually, like, because usually I'm shoveling with my dad, then I'll proceed to throw it at my dad, and then we'll immediately start a snowball fight. <laughs> but usually at the end of our shovel, like shoveling, so we're kind of just like, shot, it's just like our snowball's not really making it to us, so it's like, yeah, yeah, fine, let's not even bother with this, and then it's going inside. I wonder... Because um, after this, um, it cuts back to Halloween Town. Everybody's kind of freaking out, looking for him. Um, I'm going to use this phrase more often whenever I'm, like, I'm trying to search for something like that. I'm going to say, I looked behind the Cyclops' eye. I did! And it wasn't there. I'm going to use that more often now. I think so, you should. Yeah. Throw it into random conversations. Just to see how people react. Like, I obviously, you two will know what I'm <laughs> referencing. Um Nobody else is going to. <laughs> and I love how the, the Wolfman's like, it's just like really keeping uh, a tab on what day it is. Like, oh, it's 364. Uh, every year, I post that November 1st, 364. <laughs> and 365 days to the next six, Halloween. 364. And I love his flannels. Like, but does barely... that include leap year? No, but we don't know how that works in <laughs> Halloween Town. Yeah, but, the, I like your reasoning. Yeah, sir. but like, let's, let's not bring science to this now. Like, like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, now I You're know welcome. on my Facebook memory to skip You're that year. Welcome. <laughs> on this day, you lie, Facebook, you lie. <laughs> how did Jack steal all that stuff and nobody noticed? Oh, like the... Like the little the, the snowmobile, the snowmobile, and all like the gifts and everything. He just well, mugs some a I, poor elf. I feel like like Christmas Town is so lax, so laid back, like nobody cares. Whereas like Halloween is so like live wire because you think about the adrenaline situation. Like out of Christmas, you're supposed to just enjoy your family's company, stuff like that. It's it's presents and it's excitement, but it's also, I guess, more laid back. Where Halloween, you're literally one of the main things is being scared. So I feel like. They're on more heightened alert. I think they would notice, obviously, Jack's MIA-ness that I'm stuck on. Uh, whereas Christmas Town, they're just like, let's make another snowmobile. Who cares? Well, and yeah, and because the whole song, 
nobody really looks at Jack the entire yeah. the entire like they're they're completely oblivious as oblivious. if like he's invisible. They are so. safe inside their dreamland, legitimately. Makes you wonder like how bad it would be if you were an elf and you did see Jack running around your In all fairness, town though. None of the elves came to save Santa either. <laughs> that's true. Not that we know of. We never, no, we we never cut the Santa Claus. Like, we never sit the like, Christmas town and like, see... Like, Lock, Shock, and Barrel kidnap Santa, and you never see anything of an elf. You know, nobody's like, oh, let's go see if we can find our boss. Like, they're just, like, teeter-tottering around and making more toys, even though it's their prime time, so... And when he goes back... So, this is, like, fast-forwarding, though. But when he goes back to deliver all the presents... Is he is he back in Christmas town? I don't think it, he went it, back. I think he literally was just like snap and like went to yeah, our he, world. It, it, at it that was point. probably like like panic mode. Like they probably have a contingent. Well, Santa does obviously not the elves, but Santa probably has a contingency mode. Like it's emergency. Let's go light your speed and shit. <laughs> Because Santa is obviously like Batman, he always has a backup plan yeah. when it deals with when it comes to deals with Christmas. Well, we've never seen Santa and Batman in the same room together, have we? Just saying. You're right. <laughs> there it is. Sass hands. Um, I love how uh, Sally sneaks out of the her with frog's breath with with. Uh, I love the frog's breath. Yeah, and. Nothing more suspicious than frog's breath. <laughs> I'm not hungry. She knocks it out of the doctor's yeah. hand. It's like, whoops. I also like that she had a spoon. Uh, in her shoe. Like, in her sock. Like, she's so used to doing this yeah. that it's just, it's natural. Well, and he says, too, like, you've escaped for the last time. And then when she jumps out of the window, like, this girl don't care. She escapes every day. <laughs> I, I, I mean... If you were the doctor's, like, like, would you, like, say, like, all right, I think this experiment has gone out of control if you were in his perspective. Well, like, I think that's why, like, after that one here, you're just like, all right, it's time to make someone new. I give up on this one. Like, she's not worth the trouble. I just created freaking reindeer. Why does she keep going back, though? That's I the think one she gets I... stuck. I think nobody, like, takes her in or anything. Like, I bet you now that her and Jack, like, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen it since 1993, though. I mean, it's on Netflix. But, um, I think, like, she'll probably move in with him. You know what I mean? Like, but she literally slept outside of his place when she ran away the last time. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess she could theoretically just spend the night in the graveyard. I doubt the doctor's going to come looking for her there. Yeah. It's rough terrain, and his motorized wheelchair is not going to get him that far. So, I mean, he theoretically, she could she do that. She just got her own place. I don't think there's, like... There's no law enforcement. It's that stupid one mayor who, as long as you get him on the happy side, you know? Yeah, he's very fickle with his moods, though, so you could be... Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to talk to both. Yeah, it's like, uh... I uh-huh. don't know. Oh, yes, Sally, whatever you want. Well, I'm just saying... <laughs> just grab him, like, all right. Just grab it by the head, like, all right. said it's okay. Yeah, and, like, and no just run away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not being flippant about this right now. Um, and so... Jack's returned, and he starts to explain Christmas Town, and nobody is getting it, though. He's trying to explain what Christmas is, and everybody's just trying to... Nobody is... Since nobody has perspective, everybody's yeah. just seeing it through the prism of Halloween Town. Yeah. Their parameter. And I wonder just how frustrating that is for Jack, just, like, trying to, like, explain this to his people, and nobody's getting it. Nobody can... Nobody can... Grasp the magic that he's experienced. Yeah, I think that's what it is, too. It's, it's because... 
he would have never fathomed it had he not experienced it. So it was, I don't even know if the frustration is that they're not getting it. I think it's more the frustration that he can't articulate it. He's like, you know, they're only getting what I'm saying and putting it into their sphere. Like, how do I tell them, no, wait, there's something more when they have never Billy felt May style. that. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, there's, there's more. more. Um, like they're, that they never felt that longing. They never felt that missing link that he had, that he is now fixated on with Christmas Town filling. So that's, I think it's more, it's not that he's mad at them for not getting it because he realizes he has to explain it in terms that they get it. But he doesn't fully grasp it either. Cause even, no, because he has to go back and experiment. On right. it. Yeah. And, but, and I think it's also because like they haven't seen it. So it's yeah. kind of like seeing is believing type of thing. Yeah. And he did bring back some stuff, but they didn't actually see all and that snow, saw, all the like, happiness. Yeah, like they just like saw the objects. And it's and it's yeah. just it's like another thing of like objects even in real life. It's just objects. Yeah. It's actually seeing the magic and happiness that and changes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I, I could put a rock on a table and be like, that's you could look at like, oh, that's just a rock. Like, no, this is a special rock from for this specific memory or anything, and you have no context out of it. It's your uh, pet rock. Yeah. I never it's, had a pet rock. It's Jimmy! <laughs> uh, little googly eyes. Rock. <laughs> uh, so, You're all getting pet rocks for Christmas. <laughs> I was saying, like, is that what we're getting for yes. Christmas? Um, I'll bring you one from Texas, so it's even special. Oh my god, can you write on the bottom made in Texas? <laughs> I'll put a little cowboy boots. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is totally happening. <laughs> little cowboy hat. Anything goes podcast. A line of pet rocks. <laughs> Pick your podcasters. Only to nine but wait, there's more. You, you can get two. <laughs> you text me like, all right, how am I doing? I really need to grab because I'm out, 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 out of the woods right now. I, I'm not going to make it two trips. I'm like, but the, but the sale's still going on. You have to wait a couple more hours. Then I can give you the full number. Um, I feel like it is a little premature that Jack called this meeting because he does not fully understand. And he's kind of misleading it because he does not fully understand but it. But I think it's a passion. I oh, think, yeah. And, like, I, I get this way at work, too. Like, there's reasons that I can sell things that other people can't. It's because I'm so into it and I can relate that passion. And he thought he could relate that passion uh, in that same context, in the Halloween, and not in Halloween context. Um, and when he finally gave in, he's like, all right, let's go full speed ahead with what they think. How can I change their minds? Like, what's the formula? What's the secret ingredient that makes Christmas tick so that I can give that back to them? So. And I love that, like, Sally is locked up once again, sadly, and Jack's experiment begins. Um... This is so cute. The details in this are astonishing. Like, uh, just the candy cane melting and... The and bear that he... Or, the uh, crushed berry, you know? Like, just, uh, I think the details are just so exquisite on this. I always remember this gift specifically. It's it's Jack in his, in his house, and he's kind of scratching his head, and he's looking confused. And... I'll always have this memory, sense memory kind of tied with that, is that when Dakota and I went to go see that special one-night screening of the Batman, the Killing Joke, the animated movie, we get back to Zach, uh, to Dakota's house, and Zach, his brother, asks, like, so how was the Killing Joke? And like, you know, Jack trying to figure out uh, Christmas, and he's like, there's something, like, I'm trying to get my, just trying to grasp and trying to articulate. Like, that's how I feel about this movie, because, like, we did not really like the Killing Joke. It was very disappointing to us, and I've, the more I think about it, the more... I just find, like, that story in general, like, 
Batman the Killing Joke used to be my, one of my favorite Batman stories, but now seeing his an anime movie, I just think like this how unimportant, or like I just think like this how dated that story is, and so it's kind of unnecessary and kind of like demeaning towards Barbara Gordon as a character. Moving on, uh, and so Jack comes to realization. Uh, yeah, well, yes. But no, I, I literally, uh, it was just like, and moving on. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, it's like I, I could go on for the, like a full side about that, but I'm not going to. Uh, Jack comes to the realization this year, Christmas is going to be ours, and everybody's like, okay for it, except for Sally, mm-hmm. because she's escaped once again. She realizes, well, she has a premonition that Christmas she is going to. She has a premonition already. Yeah, because she it's a night she has the premonition and the following day everybody's having the song like something's up with Jack, something's up with Jack. Yeah, because it's whenever the Christmas tree like Was she that before into- or after she delivered the bottle? After. She could deliver it and like Jack goes to say something and she uh, leaves again. Oh yeah. Okay, sorry, I just want to make sure I have my timing correct. No problem. Um But yeah, sorry, premonition and something's up with Jack and then I'm saying like I guess I feel like that would be an opportune time for like Sally to really introduce herself to Jack, and she kind of runs away. I, I guess going back to what you're saying of being yeah. nervous around, and I think it was uh, she put the gesture out there. Um, but I think sometimes the best moments are killed if you like it's overdoing it. Like I think she's just like, "Hey, I'm thinking of you. Here's this," and I think that left more of an impress- impression her like bouncing than if she was there like, "Okay, I'm here. Like, hey." You know what I mean? Like, where do you go from there? I think, like, it's just like, I think oh, it's wow. like this, really, this, like, sultry temptress at the bottom of the, the house or something hey. like that. <laughs> hey, Jack Skeleton. I got you a basket with fish bones and magical potion. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, um, I think it makes an impression. Like, it's it's going to leave this really lasting note. Like, hey. I just met you. I wish- yeah, and this is crazy. <laughs> Here's my potion with a butterfly in it. So, so call me, maybe? <laughs> Um, without cell phones, because we've established that we don't have them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah, I think I just, I personally, a gesture like that, it would stay with me more if it wasn't killed by awkwardness, which is what I think would have happened if she stayed. I, I have my note here, I'm like, this is a very one-sided relationship, like, right, right here. Well, Jack's, like, super self-centered right now, anyway, so she's probably, she's probably in the long game. Yeah. She's smart about it because she, I, th- and then she realizes he sets up his own ass. Yeah, and later when she's like, I guess it's not meant to be. Like it's when she's finally deciding she's gonna walk away from it. A friggin' song later, you know, he's saving her and realizing like, oh shit, this girl's been here this whole time. So, um, so Christmas is gonna be theirs that year, and of course we're introduced to Oogie Boogie's kids. And their names are... Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Lock, I was like... <laughs> I was like, why are you looking at me? Because uh, you said before, I'm like... Cause I did like, say I was, Because, like, I was unsure. I'm like, is it Stock or Shock? It has to be Shock. I, but always, I, didn't get, wanna... I always get who's who wrong, though. It, barrel is uh, the skeleton, um, but it's Lock and Shock. I always Shock's the girl. Shock's the girl? Okay. Which I found weird because the mayor says Oogie's boys. Well, there's it's just tumbling. not... Yeah, they're not giving any gender roles. Oh, okay. They're a very progressive community. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tim's face. So I'm like, well, oh. it's kind of the same thing of like, hey, you guys. Yeah, hey, like, you guys. Like, Oogie's boys. Like, you know, like, it's just like the kids. That's fair. Yeah, I don't, I never took it. I mean, now that we're talking about it, I mean, maybe it was a very progressive thing, but I just, 
I just took it as yeah. Whatever. Like if it's like you know, Oogie's kids or like that, I always I just thought it was just odd. Because Oogie's not even like I don't even know how Oogie would spawn children, <laughs> let alone lock, shock, and barrel. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. This is a song. As a kid, I did not like. I agree. The first few, it took me a very long time to appreciate this song, which is why I think people would say these songs aren't catchy. It's this particular one out of every song that I feel is the least catchy. What about your your feelings on this? The one Lock, Shock, and Barrel's uh, song is they agreed to go kidnap Santa Claus. Um, I mean, I still think it's catchy, but it's one of my least favorite songs out of. All of them. Like, yeah. it, it's not one of those ones that, oh, name your top three Nightmare Before Christmas songs. Like, it wouldn't be on there. Oh, we should do that later, by the way. Like, when we're wrapping up. Okay. Top three songs. Um, but no, I like, I, I just agree. Like, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, like, those are some kind of really creative kills. And those, like, oh, I kind of, like, lock him up for 90 years and sees, see how well he keeps. Like, how would he keep you Santa Claus? Like, how would this work? I think it's one of those songs that would go over kids' heads. But the adults listening are probably like, what the fuck am I watching? You know? and, and, I lo- and I think it's especially, like you're saying, as adults, but I lo- the chorus is just very, and like just the, it has yeah. very up-tempo feeling yeah, about it. what they're singing is so not. Yeah, yeah, know? it's so like kind of like vile lyrics of what they're going to do to Santa Claus and the ideas they have for him. If I got on his wings, I'd move out of town. And they they <laughs> capture I forget what the hell they capture uh, like it's like a little bug yeah like a cockroach cockroach they boil the cockroach and then they throw down the tube to feed Oogie Boogie which is a great setup for later that tube yeah you know how that works. right right um and which like you mentioned before like what is the relationship between Oogie Boogie and Jack Skeleton uh I like to describe like I I picture them as they're the best scarers, but one is the popular one, one is the least popular. So they're both super effective because, I mean, every, the boogeyman, like, that is what Oogie is. Um, but I think it's their polar opposites. So Jack's very conforming, and he, he everyone idolizes him, and he plays by the rules. Oogie knows no master. Like, Oogie does his thing, so he stays out of it and because there's a very, uh, there's a T word I'm looking for, but I can't remember. Tactical? No, I th- it's just like almost like they're co- they're in direct competition with each other and they're not friends. I I would go as far as to say they're enemies. Like it's Batman Joker. Like it's that's what I always got the relationship to be. I agree. <laughs> I also, I like looking at you. I'm like, oh god, like should I stop? Do you have like? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like yeah, exactly. That's why I text you like interrupt us by all means because. Obviously, her and I could just keep going on and on. I don't want to feel like you're left out or have, like, opinions you want to express and not leave them on the corner. You drive home like, God damn it, why didn't I speak up? <laughs> no. Why didn't I tell these bitches to shut the fuck up? Yeah. Yeah. That's very Sarah. Like, that's exactly oh, yeah. how she talks to me all the time. Every day. <laughs> all the evidence. What do I do? Um, because we only get really one interaction between Jack and Oogie Boogie. And... Oogie is kind of frightened of Jack at a moment, because maybe it's because of the fact that he thought Jack was dead. Yeah. and But I also think you hear how Jack feels about Oogie. He's like, leave that no good Oogie Boogie out of it. Right. Like, he is very clear that and out of everyone in town, Oogie is not given anything to do. Like, he comes up with this laundry list of things that need to be done, and there's so much to do for Christmas to be created. Um, 
you think he would use all hands on deck, and he didn't want to include him. So there's a reason for that. So That's true. And so the preparations continue, and Lock, Shock, and Barrel return. And probably my second favorite joke of the, of the movie is when they reveal who they've actually grabbed. Not Santa Claus, but the Easter Bunny. And the Easter Bunny starts hopping around the room and stops in front of the one dude with the axe in his head. And it is so dumb, but I laugh at it every time. Where he just points and goes, Bunny! And then the bunny hops back into the, gar- the garbage bag. And for some reason, I die laughing every time. Does it remind you guys of the mice and men? Like Lenny? Oh, I yeah. think of Lenny every time because that's Lenny's build. Yeah. And that was Lenny was so obsessed with these little animals and he just kept accidentally killing them. So that to me, not only is it like a cute line, but it's also like super frightening because I'm like, oh my god, he could kill that bunny because he's just like Lenny. Am I the only one that thought of that? No, I've never thought about that <laughs> until now, but now I'm not going to look at the same. I mean, the only like, make it, if you make it more concrete, it's seven axes and he had an exit wound. Yeah. Because he was shot in the head. But. But that's what I, that's just what I picture when he does that. But I do post that every Easter. Just saying. <laughs> mark your calendars, everybody. Yeah, Watch. mark your calendars. <laughs> well, if you're not following me on Facebook, this is what you have to look forward exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> my 30th birthday is actually on Easter, so that'll be a... Oh, my goodness. You've already <laughs> planned ahead. <laughs> my, my birthday falls on Easter, like, every 10 years. So it's it's pretty fun. So she's so. been planning since... <laughs> So but it's my okay, so it's my thirtieth birthday. It's my next big birthday, so that's why oh God, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Easter!" Christmas thirtieth birthday. For yes. You? Okay. And he, and we have to have a, a glow in the dark Easter egg hunt or something to celebrate Easter too. Black lights, like in Oogie's layer. <gasps> Best idea ever. <laughs> I'm marking my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> doing math right now. So We'll be here for a while. Uh, so, it's 30, <laughs> so it's 35 days to Halloween. 2021, right? 2021. In the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, have you ever done a podcast with two female guests? No. Are you going to do another one? <laughs> I'm contemplating it, depending on how the rest of this goes. Okay, well, in the movie... In the movie. In the movie. It's 35, well, 35 days to Halloween. Why did I write Halloween? I'm, I'm a moron. <laughs> 35 days to Halloween on Christmas, like the Blink-182 song. Just All right. Well, music works. I love one of the, one of the gifts that uh, everybody's preparations for it is the bullet-ridden duck with the blood like, drawing I out love, of it. I thought that's perfect detail. Yeah. I, all those toys, like those scary toys, I'm cu- except for like the big fucking snake because obs but like i don't think it's, is it would you call that a snake um, like, yeah it's, it's like a boa constrictor it's like it has, a, has, yeah. like a, has like a platypus it's face like though it's like the beetle juice oh yeah it's sand it is snakes, the, you know what i mean yeah we come for your daughter chuck it's it anyway. yeah it's at the very least it's in the eel family and eels are just underwater snakes i, I think i think the um the the christmas wreath has more to deal with the snake than uh the actual thing that's eating the tree no, I think the other one. No, because it actually has like a like a rattlesnake at the end of the wreath, and you see in the yeah, silhouette. But at least I was like, oh look, it's a wreath. That's what it came from. Like they put a legitimate snake. A legitimate what? A legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> and so Santa Claus is actually kidnapped. He's brought back to Halloween Town. Jack has gone full bore with the Santa Claus. He's become kind of delusional at this yeah. point. Sally's tw- tried to warn him, and it's to no avail. Um, Typical guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really did not listen to her. She tried so hard, and he was just so full steam ahead. I find that offensive, by the way, is the man in the room right there. Just saying. You're welcome. Not all men. Pishig. <laughs> I was going to say, not all men. Uh, no, it's true. Uh, Your facial expressions today rival that of the Jack doll that they use. <laughs> yes, I'm going to go through all numerous, yeah. like 300 expressions because uh, 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 all the sass is coming from the couch over there. Just saying. And by all the sass coming from the couch, he means me, not Sarah. <laughs> I don't know. It, but... Sarah did threaten to murder you. So like... Yeah, but, like, but... Because what did he threaten me with? Spiders. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Innocent, unassuming spiders. <laughs> I feel Fall. like the inmates have gotten control over the prison. <laughs> Follow the spiders, everybody. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And so Santa Claus is forced to meet Oogie Boogie. We finally meet Oogie Boogie face to face. This is my jam. I love this song so much. I auditioned with it, which you probably should not do a non-song to audition for a musical with. Fun fact. But I did. And I love this song so much. And, like, the part where he just bells out. He's like, with your permission, I'm going to do my stuff. And Santa's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, the best I can. And then when he's like, whoa. And that is, I lose it. I sing that all the time. In the shower. Out of the shower. In the car. Walking. I don't care. I sing it all the time. I was singing it earlier watching it. I cannot control it. You're, it's, my, it's my jam. That's your jam? <laughs> And your feelings on the Oogie song and his final introduction, and we find out he loves gambling and card cards and stuff. I I actually love his character development of how much they did in that short amount of time that we get to experience Oogie Boogie because it's kind of like the gambling issue is just is an addiction in real life too, mm-hmm. which helps create his character and like the evils of gambling. Also, probably in his or like his before yeah. Halloween Town life For or whatever, death. yeah. Like, again. Um, but then if you think about it, are they really dead? Because Halloween Town and then Christmas Town. Does that mean everybody in Christmas Town is dead? I no. You know, I think they're. I think they're dead in Halloween Town just because of the the pure nature of their like creatures. Whereas like the elves are, have a different. Like they're all fantasy like, but I. I I just assume they're dead in that nature. Um, does that mean they had before lives? I, you know, right. don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, <that's... laughs> I, other than the theory with, with Corpse Bride and and, uh, and Frank and Weenie, I can't see why they really would have and why they'd be so worried that Jack was dead if they are if they already, dead already, as they yeah, can yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I saw a theory. There's a theory online of, like, I guess, nine of the characters from Nightmare Before Christmas what they died from. It's actually pretty interesting. Oh, I want to read that. That yeah. actually sounds really cool. And this song, too, um, this lends very heavily to my favorite from Corpse Ride, which is Remains of the Day, which has this, that upbeat, that really kind of lively, um, and it, it does, it tells a story. You know, you, all of Oogie's backstory is in this tiny little appeal, and you can tell he's not a good person from it, because it's like, you know, um, I love gambling with lives, but not mine. I'm going to gamble with yours, and I don't care what the outcome is. And, uh, oh, man, I just, the the black lights, I got a black light because of this scene. Like, this is, it's just such a cool, I think out of the whole movie, this is the most colorful 
Like, it's mm-hmm. just the most vibrant. Even, in, I'd go as far as to say even in comparison to Christmas Town. I feel like Christmas Town was muted because it's coming from a character who's so used to black and, you know, and, and the lime green that they use. But I think, like, this is just such a vibrant visual. Um, and there's this, oh, I want it so bad, but I can't bring myself to, to buy it. This uh, playset that's Oogie's wheel and everything, and it's so expensive because obviously they're not making it anymore. And I'm like, don't do it. Like, you have enough nightmare for Christmas things at home. You can never have enough. I know she's got a, a just as big of a collection, but she keeps it like all in one spot where mine's like everywhere. <laughs> yeah, when I walked in, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I, I was taking it back momentarily, but I was like. That thing is like, look at all your Batman stuff. I'm like, all right, I, I, I cannot judge you for it. So there you go. My favorite's my six foot Jack. That's I don't awesome. think I don't know if you've seen it. I've yet. never no. seen it, but I that's so awesome. I have a I have a shadow box um, from the movie, and then I also from my Sweet Sixteen, um, my friend Cheryl and her family they bought me a lot of uh, the snow globes. So I have the like uh, official Disney snow globes of them. They're beautiful. They're absolutely stunning. So. But I, going back to what you were saying before, that like even Christmas Town is kind of muted. Even when we've cross cut between the preparations between Halloween Town and Christmas Town, yeah, there's something dark about Christmas Town. While everything is just so quiet, yeah. and and like all the elves are busily working, and then for some reason, just like seeing them making the cookies or building the rain or building all the toys, it's something. I don't know. You're was st- dark about that scene. You're seeing it through the lens of Halloween Town. Uh, the only time I feel you get that true joy, that true excitement, is when Jack first sees them and when uh, Santa comes to Halloween Town. Mm. I feel like every other time it, it is, it's poised in that same kind of darker turn. So that's why I, I just get such a kick out of it. This is my favorite part. So. And so the Doctor has built a skeleton reindeer for Jack to use as his reindeer for to deliver presents to uh, kids around the world. Sally says, like, has, like, no fucks to give and decides to create fog for, so they can't take off, and has your... Well, well your- she... You make it sound like she did it maliciously. She didn't do it maliciously. No, she did it for she the right... save the day. Yeah. No, she did it for the right thing. She was totally in the right for and doing here this. here comes Zero being all Rudolph. Zero. But no, but like, we, like you know, you're... he's cute. Zero's cute. I'm yeah, but no, but like that that line you brought before with the kid reacting to the fact that like that Christmas. <laughs> there goes Christmas. So they animated him crying and everything. Oh, like God, like oh, so and yeah, Zero being pure Rudolph at that point and just like zips him away. And so while I was watching this, I like I worked out eight and I'm watching this. I'm in a very comfortable position. I passed out at this point. So like my notes like. Because I have like two different kinds of ink uh, on my notes. Like this is obviously where I stopped paying, taking notes here, and then I took notes again last night. Um, but this is another song, Sally's song. I didn't appreciate until I was an adult. Yeah. Like at this point, I'm like, I, at this point, I'm like, I just want to get past the song, so I want to see him take the presents to the kids. How do you guys feel about Sally's song here? Yeah, as a kid, I was. I didn't want to fast forward my VHS, but I just feel yeah. like. <laughs> Um, all right. Yeah, this not is really so exciting. Like, you almost kind of check out for a minute. Yeah. Like, you're just like, and I, it, it is, it's such a very pretty song. Um, it's the same way I feel about In Across the Universe, uh, when Evan Rachel Wood sings Blackbird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I know it's necessary, and I know why, but I feel like it, it pulls it down, and I'm like, it, I'm just not about it. Right. Um, I'm like, it is, it's a beautiful song. 
Um, and I appreciate it a lot more now, but it's definitely not the, the number one for me. Right. And so that's when we get to see all the presents being delivered to the children. And all of them are, I don't want to say evil. I did write down evil presents, but they're all monstrous because that's all what Halloween Town would know and how it's Halloween Town would make. And I love how all the kids kind of look strange, too. They do not, like, they, like it's, it is kind of in the world of Tim Burns kind of animation. Everybody's a little off, like, even their designs, like, their heads are really big. We never see a parent's face. We don't see an adult's face, really. Very much like how E.T. is, with the exception of D. Wallace, and, like, until, like, the third act of that movie. But what is your favorite present that Jack delivers? Oh, God. Um, I, it's probably, I just based off of the reaction, the severed head, like, the shrunken head. Oh, yeah. Because, like, like the kid was just, like, what's ah. this? And then, like, the parents are like, ah! <laughs> I did, like, all the screaming, too. Like, I thought each family, like, how it, it was, like, I bet, like, that day of shooting was so much fun because everyone was probably just like, ah! Ah! Like, and it just keeps escalating and the pitch gets higher and weirder, higher as it goes. The weirder and weirder screams and you could tell at one point somebody was so over screaming because one of them is just like, ah! <laughs> I was like, ah! Like, I've been doing this for hours. This is the best you're going to get right now. I, for me, it might be the the um, weird, uh, it's the bullet-ridden duck, and I forget what the other thing it's with it. Teddy, like the the teddy squirrel one? Yeah. Right? The, yeah. The, yeah. The, those the two kids, yeah, because they yeah. were so excited about their toys, and then, like, for a second, you're like, oh, look, like, those toys are broken, and they're like, oh, and I love that, like, kids run away and it tries to get into the into the room with them, presumably to, I guess, I don't know, eat them or scare them or anything like that. Your favorite toys? Um, I really, I, okay, so <laughs> I'm blanking out, but what chases, what chases after the little chubby boy? Oh, <laughs> the Jack in the Box. The Jack in the yeah. Box. Yeah, <laughs> you're so cute. The Chubby boy. He is, he's such a cute little chubby thing too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and like, and he was like, he was giving run for his money. Like the Jack was just trying his damnedest to keep up with him and everything. It's like, yeah, like he was fucking kid moving. Was moving. Yeah. He reminds me of Ben from It, and we all oh know my how gosh, I love yes. Ben from It. Yeah. There's very there's some similarities there. Um. Is it just isn't it Jack Land's head that's the uh, Jack in the Box? Like it's a Jack within a Jack in the Box. Like put him. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what? It's true. Um, I love. I love how the the escalation of the police department of how it's a, it's one phone at the desk with uh, answering the calls and then it's just and several. He's like he's shuffling. He's picking them all up at the same time. Yeah. He's probably wrapping himself with the cords. Imagine like that's how the police officer just actually like, kills himself. Like it's like ah, choked on. Like try to be a good uh, civil serviceman by. Uh, that, answer too many phones. Not that I want them to ever do a live action of this, but if they ever did do a live action of this, I would hope that that would be like that. There'd be like the police officers wrapped in cords. You know what I mean? I'm surprised Tim Burton actually has not done that yet. Um, I think because especially you look at he had his hands in this. He created he created a lot of the the original artwork that inspired these characters but i think overall what it's become into was not all his doing i think that's probably why he hasn't that i mean that's just my guess we'll have to call him 
<laughs> there was a stage adaption of it, though. It never made it here, right? Oh, I don't know. Was I don't think so. Like I think it was, yeah. Well, does it, do you remember how it was received? No. <laughs> I saw, I saw like, one of the songs, um, the one you sang. Oh, Jack's Lament? Yeah. I just saw that one on YouTube of it, but... Didn't leave a good... That no, I, I would have seen it. Oh, okay. Um, I know, I would have seen it, too. I don't care how it is. So it's yeah. like me with Cursed Child. Like, I don't care that I paid my my kidney to go see it. Did you get your ticket? You got your ticket? I, yeah, I got the tickets, and I, I spent a lot. I was not one of those $20 tickets, and I tried my hardest to get six tickets, which is the max you can get, um, but I couldn't. I was getting sold out at every last opportunity, so I was able to get two and it's, it turned out to be very dramatic that I like, can't. But yeah, that's it's exactly how I feel about it. This was a stage thing. Like, I would have to go see it. Uh, I'm sorry, Diggy. I love Harry Potter, but like, if, even that, I was like, I couldn't yeah. justify dropping that much. Well, it Chris- also too like it where it, it people chipped in so that it would be like presents for me and stuff. Right. Like, it's not like I I fronted the money, but it's not like I'm paying all of that. Um, but it was very important to me to see it. Yeah, and so I, you know, uh, I, I, like, I still can't believe I didn't even realize that it was actually a thing. No, I'm so mad. I'm still not pre-registered for it because I had to sign up for the email list, and they're like, "When we open up pre-registration, I'll we'll let you know." I'm and... still signed up on my email because I got it through my mom. I made like I had like a small circle of people that I'm like, "You sign up, you sign up, you sign up," so that way I could get the access code, and only one of us got it, and even then we didn't get the first access code. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and so Jack is um, continuing his reign of terror or his what he thinks he's bringing joy to the people around the world. Uh, uh, humanity is not fucking around. They call it the military. But like, that's a very that's a very Tim Burton thing. There's so many times in his movies like things become militarized and like there is like it happens in this. It happens in Batman Returns. All the penguins like marching down to Gotham City to blow it up. Uh, Mars attack. Mars attacks. There is also uh, Alice in Wonderland. We see like the Red Qu- the Red Queen, the um, Queen of Hearts, uh, Red Queen. That's the Resident Evil Queen of Hearts and her army and everything. It's just like, and of course, like Jenny Elfman with like the just the snare drum, like just building it up and building up that musical anticipation. And I always is so weird. They begin firing on Jack, no matter what, no matter how many times I've seen it. And Jack does and he's like, oh, well, they're, 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 oh, they're helping. Oh, look, fireworks. Yeah. He's so excited. And then he realizes. He realizes, like, they're trying to hit us. And he, he, he immediately frowns and he screams out Zero's name. Immediately teary-eyed. I'm like, oh, God, Jack's going to die. No matter how many times I've seen uh-huh. it, it always gets me upset. And then when he's done shot down and, and the mayor being Mr. Dramatic himself is, like, declaring the fact that, like, yeah. he is dead. Well, at this point, he does believe that Jack is dead. And I think just the visual of him draped over... What what are those called when you have, like, a statue on your tombstone? Oh, yeah. Like, there's an actual word for that, right? I believe so. Um, he's, like, in the, the arms, like, yeah. just draped, like... And he's missing oh. his jaw. Yeah. I never noticed that. Yeah, yeah that's he, like... Zero, like... Right, zero right, 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 right. Yeah. Huh. It's funny that both Sally and Jack can be disassembled. Disassembled and put back together. Yeah, yeah. And Which is this... why I think they're dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, that, 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 that makes sense. Um, 
this is a song that I, I like. Um, as a kid, I was just like, I kind of, I, I wanted to always get to Jack to fighting Oogie Boogie. Like this song, like this time around, I enjoyed it because um, it's vindicating or it's validating the fact that try something, even if you are nervous, even if you are unsure about something, at least give it a shot. Yeah. Well, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, you, the worst thing you have is you feel with regret because you did not try it. Yeah. And Jack's like realizing, okay, Christmas, not my bag, because now I'm reinvigorated to become the best pumpkin king that I can. And then he realizes, oh shit, I left Santa Claus. How with, do we uh, write this wrong? Yeah. And so Sally has gone to try and rescue Santa Claus, and I love how she literally is dismembered herself in order to get him out of there. And I love it. I, just... There's something oddly sensual about Sally, too. Like, even when she was sewing back on her leg, or that she's tempting him with a sensual leg. A sensual? I was going to say, like, uh, please, like, do not let that opportunity pass I'm up. I'm not. I would never let sensual leg go. It's from, like, our podcast, our Pottercast, uh, when Snape in the first movie, right? Yep. Uh, so he, he shows Quirrell the, the cut on his yeah. leg, but in the movie, Alan Rickman, like, the way he does it, it's like this oddly <laughs> sensual. Like, and then and Harry notices it and he immediately covers it and yeah. he's like, <laughs> And so now every time I see something that's oddly sensual about a leg, I think of Tim and Dakota in my head going, sensual leg. Um, but yeah, so that's so that literally Dakota, what Sally did. She, used she tempted it with a sensual leg. leg. And I love, like, Dakota did a drawing of Snape in, um, was it Garter or something like that? It was just like kind of like, like um, no, it was fishnets. Fishnets, and it yeah. just like looked like a like a rocket or something like that. Like that's how like he was dancing in front of Ronner and uh, Harry, and like their eyes like bugging <laughs> out of their heads because it's just too much sensual leg for their uh, for their eyes to uh, contain. And so and I love how Sally sends them her hands to try to untie Oogie Boogie, and Oogie realizes that he's been had because he just put yanks the leg through the gate that that on the other side of his uh, lair. And it goes with the theme of the whole addiction with gambling. It's a temptation. So Vices, now he's yeah. now he's being tempted by her, and it just fits with the theme. So that was also another cool aspect. No, of it. It, I mean vices go hand in hand together. And we now we we also realize how much I showed her. The yeah, cartoon. okay. Like how much uh, Oogie sucks, but he literally sucks them into the lair even more. Yeah, I just find that funny, and I love that, like. Sally's trying to prop herself from not being, but like she doesn't have hands, so she's just like using her elbows. She's like, ah, I can't really do anything. It gets then gets flung into the lair. Jack is is racing as fast as he can to save them, and I love I love that moment, just him running through the woods and Zero hot on his tail and everything. And the music's built up and everything, and it's just really, really entertaining. So he eventually gets to Oogie's lair as Oogie's about to drop. Sally and Santa Claus into, I guess, acid, I presume? Yeah, some kind of acid. Some kind of, something like, you don't want to be dropped into. Yeah. I, I was, I kind of thought it was more like, because they say they're going to make that boil stew. Like, right. Like, Oogie's boys want the, the special stew. So I was like, maybe he's going to cook them. That's kind of what I always took from it. Or I also thought, like, it's some kind of potion thing that if they fall into it, they become a bug and they're one of his bugs. Oh. That could work. I could see that. I mean... So there's... all the bugs are his victims. Oh. <laughs> oh. He's got a hell of a body count now, thinking about it. If, you go, if, that, if that's true. Yeah. 
It could be true. Um, no, that's the cool thing about these movies. When you go back and you watch them when you're older, there's a lot more there than what you think. And so Jack makes his, his entrance. I love how Oogie's like, oh, this is awkward right here. And he's just talking to Jack. And then Jack is like, has no fucks to give to Oogie. He's just like, yo, man, you, not, you should not be doing this. And Oogie is like, nope, nope, I, I've had enough of you shenanigans of being the pumpkin king of this town. And has his gambling robots open fire on him. And so we jump into this yep. big climax where Jack has his uh, spider moment at one point trying to do- dive out. Yes, I, I didn't mean to make you but feel uncomfortable. But it's so, like, technical. Like, just think of how many people it took to make these moments because it it's very seamless and it's very cool. And he's going under firing bots. He's, there's daggers that are, like, it's really cool. It's a really cool sequence. There's a giant saw flying down from the yeah. ceiling. And so, but Oogie's a pussy and he just runs away. But he's kind of he's he's starting to fray a little bit. So Jack grabs him by a thread and throws him into one of the, the uh, I guess I guess like it's almost like a helicopter blade that's underneath the lift that's lifting Oogie out of there and rips his skin off technically or his cover off. And we find that Oogie's just a collection of bugs and he starts to fall apart. And it's always freaks me out is that how his voice gets higher and higher and register yeah. the more he screams as the bugs start to fall apart. And I wonder if that's actual not stop motion footage. There's one shot of the bugs falling into the vat does not look stop motion. I think that's just actual like live action footage of things being dropped in there. It's something about, I guess maybe because there's so much detail in there. Yeah. And you, you wouldn't, because it would just be too long to try to animate each into each individual one of those. And so Santa is like, you know what? I'm still pissed about you, but and you know what? And if you ever have a bright idea, run it by Sally first because I'm the only one of you guys that has any kind of <laughs> brains. Like, what do you? Oh, he's like, I think he actually, he's, she's the only one. Well, sens- sensible yeah. one in this town. And so, and then, like you said, uh, Santa like goes full Santa Claus mode and like floats out of there at one point. And it, I found it really heartwarming this viewing him. Saving all the kids from their terrible toys and bringing them all the Christmas Swap cheer. Them out, yeah. And because I'm like, oh, that's that's what Santa Claus should do. And it just, uh, I just found that really wonderful. And of course, the news report of the that Santa Claus has been found. I also love the fact that this is a world that fully acknowledges that Santa Claus is a real person. Like well, parents and everything know that. So I think that just plays into the fact that that it's a kids' yeah. movie and yeah. like that's the world that they created because like they have to if. If you could have a Halloween town and you have, like, Easter town and all of that, like, these have, have yeah. to exist. They can't be, you know, just, oh, just the people who believe. No. Like, it's literally on the news that Santa's <laughs> fucking, you know, he's missing. And then, oh, wait, no, Santa's back to save the day. So. And so it ends with uh, snow in Halloween town. Everybody else starts singing, what's this, what's that? And so everybody's reacting to it. And. Jack and Sally look like they're going to have a happy life after that. And Dr. The, I always say it was Fiddlestein. I always. Finkelstein. Finkelstein has built his new companion based upon him, which is, raises even more questions about his. <laughs> Sanity? Yeah. Perviness? Yeah. I bet he has a giant mirror above his bed. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> How's that image for you? I bet, like, they'd be really off balance while doing it, too, because their heads are so big. 
And they're actually the, they're actually this they're, they're on the same brain too. Yeah, Half, it it's like one yeah. left, one right. So. Yeah, so I wonder if like just like their kind of sensibilities embedded. It's just like oh, uh, like no, we should be doing this. No, we should be doing this, and it just kind of throws them off. All. This is too much thought into this. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like we took it to a level that we didn't need to take it to. Well, Rewind. And so the movie ends. <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, it doesn't just no. end. Yeah, they, my favorite part of the movie is the ending of the movie when they're on the hilltop. That's the tattoo that I want with the moon in the background and they sing their song. That they realize that Jack finally comes to his senses and that the missing part is not something like Christmas. It's just someone to share everything he has with and that Sally has all along been there and that they are simply meant to be. Duh, Tim. Oh, God. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how you're like, it just ended. Wait, we're missing something. Okay, because I, I, I had to get a bunch of stuff done last night, so I was like, all right, I got to finish writing this, and I got to take notes of that, and then I got to watch this, and yeah, so there you was... what that sounds like? What? Excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you both, all right? <laughs> You know what? Next time I text you, you're saying like, "Hey, I'm feeling like, oh, like a tween girl laying on my stomach on my floor, writing it, writing my screenplay, looking like I, I, I'm running in uh, journal entries or anything like that." Do you know what? I'm gonna keep this kind of personal things that kind of could brighten up your day to myself. I hope you're happy now. I like that he says that stuff like on air, and then he's just like, "I'm gonna keep this personal stuff to myself." No, you're gonna share it eventually, whether I gotta find it out in podcast or on text message. Or Facebook. Or Facebook. No, I don't put I don't put that too much personal stuff on Facebook. Do I? No, I was just talking about no. you uh, tagging. No. <laughs> I was just saying, like, do I post any no. I, I I'll put embarrassing tweets up like like I did uh, today. Like, I jumped in the shower and I didn't turn on the bathroom light. And I'm like, I'm showering in the dark. Because uh, I was in that much of a rush. So, uh, moving on. Uh, favorite scenes or favorite moments, if you can kind of narrow them down in this movie. Well, I just said mine. Okay, my so favorite is, is the very end. The, the one I skipped over, obviously. Yeah, because I'm important for you because because you're a guy. Whoa, 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 whoa! Well, whoa. actually, that raises an interesting point. Do you find this movie as romantic? Yes. Like, do you like? Is this like a pinnacle? Like up there with like Romeo and Juliet, kind of? No, because I feel like because at least Romeo and Juliet, the love is kind of reciprocated between the both of them. I feel like Jack does not appreciate Sally until the very end when he realizes his faults. I feel like let the, the relationship should be going both ways. I understand, like if it because maybe like affection is going one way and just being unappreciated. Like and I'm just feel like I feel like oh, like I understand them being together is very happy. I just feel like it could have gone to a different way and Sally could have just been unappreciated and Jack never acknowledged her and stuff like that. And maybe I just identify with that, so I just feel like, ah, yeah. it's a little shitty. I was shitty. just going to say, do you think this would be entirely different if you were, like, happily in a, like, relationship? I think... No, because I've watched this movie while in a relationship. And, like, and you even... just didn't find it as... Because I, I mean, I see where you're going with, where it's like, oh, it's very one-sided. But I also think this is the beginning of a relationship. That's so fair. That is like you know when it's in the beginning, someone is gonna, someone's gonna be the one that's that's really pushing, and the other right. person's not always gonna get or be on the same level. Um, whereas I think he finally has that eureka moment. 
He literally says Eureka at it one point. It freaking took him a very long time. And, but he was so fixated on Christmas that he didn't realize, like I said, he didn't realize this whole time he had the key to the thing that he was missing. He had the key to his own happiness. He just didn't realize that. Um, and I, I don't blame Sally in that either, but I think she knew what her heart wanted. And as soon as she was willing to kind of walk away from that, like, oh, I guess it's not meant to be, like, let's not, that's when he came to that realization, and then they both ended up being happy. So I think it, it, it's that beginning part of a relationship when you do, before you fall in love, before you realize what it is, that up and down, that up and down. But I just find, I feel like a lot of girls find it so, so hyper-romantic, where I feel like a lot of guys are, like, you literally missed the entire like pinnacle of the romance you're like the movie ended and then that's it and i feel like that's why we both were like are you kidding because that's for i i mean at least i'm sure there are guys out there that feel the same way that we do but i just feel like more often than not that women find this to be way more romantic than guys do hmm. i guess you're right because i i, I mean <laughs> he's like chuckling over there what, because I'm called out on the carpet for this, or what? You're on the field being on the hot seat on your own damn podcast. I do it every time when I invite you on, I'm always in the hot seat. I know. I'm, just saying, so like, well, like, I'm used to it at this point because... I know, he comes to visit me at work and I'll do this shit to him too. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like what the fuck, man? Like, I come visit you, I'm like, I'm like, I work six days a week and everything. I spend, like, some free time with you coming to your work and, and trying to entertain you, and I, all I get is sass. Like and I'm like and I wonder like what Sassiness makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> so you know I care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I'll just start articulate like your your caringness with how much sass you're willing to give out and yeah. everything. So okay. With that said, putting it into that context and you're saying if it's a beginning relationship, okay. Then I can see this movie being very romantic. And then now I just kind of want to see where the relationship goes. That's like that's where I want like, it. Yeah, like Nightmare Before Christmas Part Two. Yeah, which they, I would have. It says it tells you in a song or the poem somewhere. It says that they get they get married and they have three kids. Lock, shock, and barrel. No. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine full circle. Yeah. No. Now they have I think two boys and a girl, is what it said. Oh. Yeah. I haven't read the poem in years, and I was trying to find my copy of it just so that I could read it in preparation for this, and I couldn't. Um, the more you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they released it as a children's book, because that was Tim's original. Uh, Tim did the concept art while he was working for Disney, and then uh, he did the poem. But Disney, the way their animation studios work, is any sketch, any drawing, anything you have, they own the rights to. They yeah. own the film rights. They own whatever. Um, which is why it's Disney's Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. Your favorite moment of the movie? Oh well, yeah, it's definitely it's everything that happens in in Oogie's Lair. Um, besides Lock, Shock, and Barrels, as I mean, I do like that, but just uh, his song, the escape, those two. I just there's something about that setting. Uh, there's something about the worlds and the vices that get brought up that just kind of. Um, really put it to the forefront for me and i really 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 like that i agree and i probably my favorite is probably like i mentioned before it's probably the scene when jack's jack's lament that in the graveyard and like the feeling of 
not, I want to say dissatisfaction, but unfulfillment. Yeah. And that he has desires. He like he, he kind of almost like an directionless feeling that like he knows he can do so much more and he wants to do so much more, but he doesn't know where to apply it yeah. or how to apply it. Or he feels like he's stuck in a rut. Maybe it's because I, I I often deal with that and and felt that kind of feeling all the time, and so maybe that's why it draws that scene more often than not. And Sarah, look, you want to contribute? Oh, not to that. I was going oh. back to Wait. the kid part. Oh, but I was because I just found it, so I was oh, okay. read it. It says um, an epilogue not in the film, stating that many years later, Santa Claus returned to Halloween Town to visit Jack. He discovered that Jack had four or five skeleton children at hand who played together in a xylophone band. Hmm. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> what do your kids do for fun? They play in a xylophone band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, little Timmy just plays soccer. <laughs> oh, oh, nice, nice. Um, do you guys have a least favorite scene in the movie? One that is just kind of like, uh, like, not saying like you hate or anything, but it's something just like, all right, it's just, it's obligatory. Like, I have to watch this in order for to enjoy the rest of the movie. I really don't like the scenes with Doctor Doctor Finkelstein. That that like, doesn't at all. I mean, so. That's fair. I mean, just the, the I just feel like he's so overpowering and he's probably abusive and just not yeah, a good. Yeah, he doesn't sit right. He yeah. just doesn't. It, I mean, especially now, like watching us today, like with everything that's coming forward and stuff like that, like it just has that very Weinstein quality right. about him, you know? And um, I think the only part that I'm, I'm not really a huge fan of is when he's like critiquing everyone's. Uh, like, their Christmas celebration, like, oh, like, look at this bat. Like, consider this bat instead of this old rat for a hat. That's probably the only, like, the only part I'm not a huge fan of, but I don't really have a least favorite moment in here. Um, It's probably, like, a, the, the, it's probably, like, Lock, Shock, and Barrel's first, like, song. It's, like, like I, even as an adult, like, I enjoy it, just lyrically, I enjoy it more. But even as a kid, I'm just like, ah, like, even now, I'm just like, all right, yeah, da, 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 da. just like all right, let's let's get back to. It does seem to take a little while. Yeah, yeah song. but the it... song on the Nightmare Revisited soundtrack is amazing, though. I see. It's Corn, I think. Is it's, it Corn or it System a of a Down? Metal band. Hold on, I'll look at that. <laughs> I blast that in my car. That is. I, <laughs> I had like the past three months. I've had it in my car, just like just like on like you have yeah. it in there. That's the one bad thing about like my new car and everything. Like I, I took out a CD to go put it in my CD player, and I'm like, "Porn." Like my car doesn't have a CD player. I'm like, "We've reached that point. It does not have a CD player." And I, I sat there for like a, a solid thirty seconds, like looking at my Anthrax um, spreading the disease al- album. I'm like, "Well, I guess uh, I guess I'm not listening to that right now." Um, and I guess we're kind of moving to my. I guess kind of like not criticism of the movie, but I think it's criticism of its effect or its influence afterwards. And what I mean by that is that it seems like you two are genuine fans of it and you enjoy the story of it. However, there has been kind of a... It's been... Like I say, like, like Hot Topic is kind of... Um, That's the biggest... I, I know where you're going. Eye-rolling into it. People it. are like, oh, like if, if people didn't still like Nightmare Before Christmas, then what would Hot Topic sell? 
Yes. It's like the licensing has just it's gotten very so homogenized and yeah. And it's you look at it though, um, because I guess I I kind of see what they're saying there, um, and it does like I mean, hot topic also with Harry Potter. It's there are people buying it, which is why they're selling it. Yes. That's how that works. Well, of course. Um, the so, two of us, yeah, we both have a ridiculous slew of merchandise for it. Um, but you look at every year in Disneyland, they turn the Haunted Mansion into Jack's Haunted Ride. So it, it's not like it's not still relevant, um, even though it has been made so long ago. Uh, I The other criticism that I didn't know about, uh, Danny Elfman was really concerned about Oogie's character being considered racist. And uh, I didn't think about that. I never thought about that because he has just such a deep voice and uh, a lot of just the, the way that the song and the and the type of music and things like that. I never would have thought about that, but I came across that while doing research. And it wasn't one of those things where, you know, it's not the songs of the South. Um, but, like, no. it, there was a little bit of it. I think today uh, it might have come across as worse. But I also feel like Coco, uh, like, if nobody's screaming cultural appropriation for Coco, um, I think, like, you know, there's as long as you're not being Songs of the South, I think kids' movies, animated movies, they don't have that issue as much. So, if this was a live action, hmm. do you have any Christmas in the movie? Okay, I was say, uh, I, I know it's gonna be, I thought it was gonna be a moot point asking you, but I wanted to be sure. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it like, it, maybe it's because it's become so oversaturated that I, like, I just became that, that point that I became that cynical person, like, like, ugh, just, like, eye-rolling, don't want to deal with it because I'm just so over it at that point. And so, I mean, it's kind of like how in high school there's so many people who, like, got into the Beatles and, like, or I thought they were just false Beatles fans. I'm like, you're not even a fan of the band. Bandwagon. Exactly. Fans, and yeah. so, and I was just going to be so hipster and just be like, no, I'm not like that. I don't like yeah. that whatsoever. So I did go through a period that I did not like this movie because there were so many people bandwagoning on it. And maybe it's because it's I've had such a personal connection with this movie with my family, like with my sisters, and we, like we still quote it every now and then. And so, and but then again, I'm passing judgment on these people. Like they may still be just as much fans as I am, or more. Yeah. And so, like I, I was being shitty about that. I I recognize and acknowledge that. But it was just at the time that I thought, you know what? No, fuck Do this. Do you get shit for it? Do you get shit for being like over the top fan? No, I think because everybody that knew me has always known that I was a huge Nightmare Before Christmas fan, so it was never, like, a concern. Yeah, that's I, I've i never gotten it either. But I think, too, in comparison, I get a lot of shit for being such a hardcore Harry Potter fan, so I think it's, like... See, and I see it, and it's... it's yeah. It's I don't get a lot of that either because again yeah. people knew that I grew up with Harry Potter as well and knew like I was the girl that wrote Daniel Radcliffe of a family. <laughs> oh my god, me too. and it was a five page one oh my god, comparing god. comparing like what my likes were to his likes that I would find Did like you get the signed picture no I didn't get anything oh my bad. I hate you. <laughs> I I, he probably uh, thought I was a freaking he stalker. Was like his <laughs> it was probably. I don't care. I should have got something. I sent my picture. I sent my picture. 
I'd, I'd uh, put a dress on, <laughs> like twelve year old me, like put a dress on, so and I was I, like, "Mom, take a picture of me." Kind of funny though. Like I do sometimes. I forget that you're as big of Harry Potter fan as you are, and I wonder if that's probably why you don't get shit. Like you just fly under. Like you love this stuff so much, and people just don't pick up on it. Yeah, like, that it could right? be. It could be too because I remember. So. I, I've always, like, I haven't had, like, a whole bunch of friends, so high school, I mean, not high school, but, like, throughout school, I would just, in my mind, just make up that I was in Hogwarts, and I, that's how I got through school. Like, my, my classes (laughs) were, (laughs) were actual, like, like, that got me through school, is, and I guess because I didn't actually have to say that out loud, like, my English teachers, they knew that I was hardcore harry potter fans and every every christmas around christmas time like three of my teachers would give me harry potter journals to write in because i love to write too and and it was just like they they paid attention actually my seventh grade english teacher um who actually might be watching this so hi mrs dean um she oh my god she's 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 a huge harry potter fan too so that was like a connection that i had with because yeah, that's, that's just interesting to me because that is it, it is it's a huge criticism of people um like somebody in the the podcast forum that i'm in for another podcast the guy was like oh it's my first time watching it and somebody else was like oh so you've never dated a white girl and i was like that's actually really funny because here i am and i was like i never thought about it like that but i definitely have made like almost every guy i've ever dated watch this movie and i never realized it before and i'm like Oh, yeah, like every person I've dated, like, yeah, we watched. Yeah, Black that's Timer funny. You don't think about it, and then it's like, oh shit, and uh, but that's it's a lot of adult. Like, if you haven't seen it already, I don't think you're gonna enjoy it coming into it. As I was gonna say, like, can't like, because I may be uh, for the next review. Um, I'm hoping it'll happen something like this as long as I have time allowed. Is that um, my friend Chris, Justin, and I are going to review Home Alone. Justin didn't see it until he was in his 20s. And so Chris and I are having a, a grand time watching it. Justin just kind of it just felt flat for him. Is this a movie that can you watch as a adult for the first time and still enjoy it? I think, and it, I feel it like would, it also depends on your Tim Burton. Right. Like what right. you feel about Tim Burton. Because if you're and, on the fence. And this is, and Henry did a very good job um, relating to Tim Burton's worlds that he creates and things like that. Um, so if you if you're on the fence about how you feel about Tim Burton and to go into this, which is one of, in my opinion, one of the quintessential like imaginings that he created. Yeah. Um, I I don't think you can. I don't think you can walk into it and and at least enjoy it to the level that we do. Um, I'm sure you can like it. I just don't think you're going to be like, yeah, let me go out and get every, you know, I'm going to have my wedding nightmare for Christmas themed. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think that's another thing that goes into criticism that happens in this movie. Because I, I, I mean, it's because a person, because Batman 89 is just like one of those movies, like maybe want to make movies. And so, yeah. of course, I just, I followed Tim Burton's career. And it's just one of those things that, since I feel like he's been on autopilot, with the exception of a few movies like Big Fish and Sweeney Town being like examples, I feel like Tim Burton's been kind of on autopilot for a long time. And maybe Big Eyes, I have not seen it, but that I looks like Big that's eyes. it's great. It was and, good, and so yeah. like, I feel like there are times where there are moments where he he does try, but then there are moments in the movies I'm like I'm like I feel like Tim, you like we I I know you can do better. I, I want you to do better. 
And so I think that this also kind of tainted my feelings on this movie because, like, it's Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, even though he did not direct it. And so, but then I had to learn how to separate that from him and just kind of accept it for what it is. And, like, yes, he was conceptual behind it, but he did not fully do it. And that is not fully his work because it is somebody else's. But, so, with that being said... How do you feel like, um, what do you think this has done for animation itself? I mean, like, I mean, like, because I, I think without this kind of being such a, I don't even want to call it even like a cult success, but I think it's just a success in general. It was a success, and I mean, but it also is a cult, and I feel like you don't get that a lot. You don't get where you get to have both a success and a cult following success. Right. Um, you know, usually it, they they don't go hand in hand very often. I, I think like Night of the Living Dead is like the only other one because like there it was a financial success, but yet it is a cult movie. Yeah, because you have like Avatar had like a quick cult success, but that died out pretty quickly. Um, I mean, you, I'm sure you'll see a little bit of reemergence with Pandora opening in um in Animal Kingdom, but I, I really I can't. When think does that of, open? It opened already. Oh, it did open. Yeah, okay. yeah. I I just can't think of any other fan base. You know, there's nothing else. That had both uh, and critical success because it did have very good critical success. Um, but like I said before, with stop motion, I, I think it really paved the road for Leica. Yeah, and I love Coraline's one of my favorite movies. I loved Paranorman. Um, Box Shoals was cute. I didn't get to see Kubo, which I think is the last. I don't think anything came out after Kubo yet, because um, obviously these take. And but the advancements that the, that Lanka has, I'm sure Nightmare probably could have. Uh, benefit from but I do I think it's just such a beautiful art form it's such a technical art form and you have to think about how many different people it employs you know it's not just the standard crew now you're talking about sculptors and you're, you know and and the set designers have to work on a miniature scale it's, it's a it's a challenge so for it to come as seamlessly as it does I it's just it's it's a really stunning piece. Then Sarah, do you want to weigh in on that? No, that's alright. <laughs> I just, I feel like I like rant, and then Sarah's was like, "I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> and I, like I said, I just don't want you to walk away feel like you haven't said everything you no, want. No, I've I've been saying whenever I've I've been talking thought, you know. when I feel like it. Tim. <laughs> wow, I see how it is. Um. Yes, and uh, Kubo, Kubo and the Two Strings, like I brought up my before previous guest in the show, Andy Dijanova, that was like that was his favorite movie of last year. Oh wow! And, yeah, and, and so I, I still have yet to see it. I know Andy's gonna send me an angry message, but like, yo, what the fuck? Uh, so I really need to get up on that, and I still I still need to see Box Trolls. I love I love Paranorman, and so. Um, and I know it's not by Leica, but it's very in the vein of it, like Frank and Wayne. I really enjoy because that, that yeah. is Tim Burton. And um, I think, oh, man, I feel like you you could watch Frank and Weenie and this like as a back to back as a double feature one night. I think night. if you're gonna do it, you should do Nightmare Corpse Bride then Frank and Weenie. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. in that particular order. Yeah, like I think you need to ease into because if you go from nightmare to frank and weenie the graphics i think are too drastically different okay I think, yeah i think corpse ride is the perfect middle ground because it has the stop motion elements uh while more digital so i think it's just an easier transition and corpse ride um i think because it 
there's romance there too i think just plot wise that works a little better too gotcha all right and final thoughts on a nightmare before christmas yes sarah final thoughts (laughs) (laughs) could you say this is one of your all-time favorite movies no not at all okay really (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting to me. No, it is. I was being sarcastic. Oh, no, but like... I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. We're I'm just saying, like, in the back of my mind, like, it's like, obviously, Sarah's next. I'm like, is that a performance <laughs> delivery right there? I'm thank like, you. I'm like, thank you. No, I literally... It was so funny, because I was just like, what? What is she saying? I, I, I thought it was going to be a swerve. Like, like, wait, what? I'm like, all right. Like, like please, continue. <laughs> no, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas is my all-time i could sit there and watch it every day and i pretty much watch it every week at least even if i'm not sitting there watching it i'll have it on the background which like, i would like because we had a group chat going on earlier today and you said like once a week and i'm like in the back of my head I'm like i won't sit there and watch it straight through like once a week but you just play it often yeah. enough yeah that's i it is one of my favorite movies i used to watch it like just about the same now i try to do it as more of a treat uh so it's more like oh you know like even today like i was looking forward to rewatching it for the podcast but it was like i wanted to be in the right state of mind i wanted to be comfortable i didn't want it to be rushed i just wanted to be able to actually sit and enjoy it um it's just it's one of my favorite movies it really is such a good movie I watched it all a lot when I was a kid, and I'll probably be watching it a lot. Like Nikki, I'll probably use it just for a treat, but I'll probably do it like around the two times a year. It can be usually watched without like criticism or anything. It would be around Halloween or Christmas. It's the it's like the. It's so funny. This is the biggest debate on whether this is a Halloween or, or a Christmas. Christmas movie, and it's... I always tell people it's a November movie <laughs> because it's both. It's both Halloween. I and say Christmas. don't put a label on it. It can be any time. <laughs> All year round. Especially, well, for <laughs> That's us. That's very No labels, okay, guys? No labels. Well, the three of us, you think about how much we're all uh, partial to Halloween, whether it be, um, you know, me and Sarah, that's how we met, was a haunted house, and obviously we all work with Tim on your your horror movies. So, yeah, hello, Tim. <laughs> Hi, guys, I'm over here. He's probably um, watching this, too. Hi, Tim. <laughs> but that's, it's like... Halloween will always have a special place in the three of our hearts. Hmm. So that's why I, of course, I wouldn't mind watching this in July because the Halloween to me is every day. Yes. But to somebody who, like, Christmas is their favorite, they can also see it this way because, you know, you're able to celebrate Christmas that way. Um, But I guess if you hate both of them, which I don't know. We don't talk to them. We don't need that kind of negativity. (laughs) No, it would be like, the old, like, Invasion of the Bi snatcher just kind of point and scream at them, like, oh, my God, look, we, we found somebody like that that is just so off-putting to our our sensibilities. Um, yeah, I feel like it's this and, like, Black Christmas is, like, the only, like, two movies you can watch around Halloween and Christmas, and nobody will give you shit for it. I'm like, ah, because Black Christmas is a horror movie, but it's a Christmas movie, so, yeah. it, and I always find it funny. Bob Clark, who did A Christmas Story, also did Black Christmas. So it's like it's a total polar opposite <laughs> of Christmas movies, right there. Awesome. Oh, horrific. I mean, and it's such a it's just a mean spirited horror movie. Like there's some horror movies that kind of be jovial and everything, but that one is fucking black hearted. And like how he the, the, 
how it ends and everything. Anyway, so yeah, so that is our review of A Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, uh, Nikki, uh, if you want people to follow, follow you on social media, where can they find you? Uh, so I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Nikki Muggle, Nikki Muggle One. Super easy for you. Sarah, if you want people to follow you on social media, where can they find you? They... I don't want them to follow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I just have a Facebook. All right then. <laughs> um, and if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney Two, my Instagram at Rooney Ten Twelve, my Facebook and YouTube page under the same banner of Through the Lens Productions, where my latest short film DD, which Sarah was the star of, is up, so Yay. you can always watch that. And hope and Nikki did the makeup. Oh my! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for like, too. Fine, just just celebrate Sarah. Not your return customer. <laughs> Why is he just staring at me? I'm just kidding. Yeah, thank you for And too. our friend Noel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who, who gracious enough allowed to be caked in blood for this and had to stand in front of a very cold door at one point where it was freezing outside. Um so, hey, yeah. you had me standing outside when it was cold for the You had a arrow. hoodie, huh? I don't care. It was freezing. It was windy, and it was freezing. And I'm from Texas. And yes, it does get cold sometimes in Texas, but it doesn't last. It was cold. World's Falls Fire Line. Dink. Oh, my broke strength. Can't play it. Is, is, is that, am I just burying my chances of casting you again? Yeah. I'll be off to better things. <laughs> oh! Oh shit! Look what you did, Tim! Look what you did! You dumb fucked up, eh, Aaron? <laughs> so, well, I'm crying myself to sleep tonight because I've been abandoned. <laughs> it's your fault. You start. You started it all by when you brought up the spiders. I'm just saying. You just set the tone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I showed you the video of Lucas, the, the adorable spider. I like No! And I still got freaked out about it. Oh, come on. He's an adorable Every spider. Every time he moved, I would... No. Okay. I'm, all right. I'm sorry. I don't believe <laughs> Wow. It's going like to take... Sarah can make you speechless. It's actually really funny. Yeah, but like uh, a person who could just not shut up. Uh, clearly, yeah, yeah, it's you're one of the few people who can she do that. Write that on a resume. Made <laughs> Tim Rooney shut up. <laughs> well, then, well, you're hired <laughs> because he he can't stop harassing us. He's like you're the only person to keep away. So everything. So yeah, and if you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more and you want to spread the word for it, leave us a five star review in iTunes and a written review. It takes you one minute of your time, and it will be very appreciative. And if you do so. Going forward, if you leave us a written review, we'll read it on the air. We'll give you a shout-out. So I hope uh, hope you look forward to that. So leave us a written review. Now, ladies, I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your night to do this. I feel like you had to force that. Thank I you. Think you think you no, that, that, was, that was genuine. Uh, well, then genuinely, you're welcome. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> that doesn't seem artificial whatsoever. <laughs> Now, uh, listeners, I am going to be stopping the recording soon because I'm just going to yell at them and then they're going to kill me and this is how my night's going to end. So, hope everyone's enjoying... 
I hope everyone's enjoyed this review of Nightmare Before Christmas. Stay tuned for more Christmas movies uh, being reviewed by us. And stay tuned to uh, other future geek and pop culture stuff being talked about. This. We'll talk to you soon.